0: One of the uh, hardest things to get a hold of is the ever-presence of the Creator, spiritual forces, uh, i.e. angels that ascend and descend, and that constancy that's available to everyone. and. And the enemy of all that is our nature, the self-centered guy I see in the mirror, and used to wink at once in a while and say, hey, not bad. And now I say, oh, (laughs) help. Uh, But um, for you and for me, because God has put us together, and not just us, but all over the world at this minute, some are sleeping, some are awake, some are... Facing firing squads and torture, and only God knows. But um, uh, his heart is to be rid of this. But I want to read something to you that, uh, and I, please don't ask me where I got it because I don't know. I'm, you know, I get old and forget when I file stuff occasionally. But I'm not so old that I'm not going to read this again because it's so vital. I mean, when I got a hold of the constancy of God, it kind of ruined me for the world, you know, that God was looking at me, you know. I, I, I forget which one of my babysitters when I was very young said, I know what you're doing and I know what you're thinking. And, you know, it was kind of a hypnotic thing. But please consider this for your own salvation. There's nobody in the room that can do much more than pray for you. You're doing this alone uh, with others who are doing it alone. And uh, the depth of fellowship is hard to come by because it's not a pal, it's not a buddy thing. It has uh, the ingredient of of God that um, can kill um, what we would call a party or just fun time. And if you, if you happen to be one that's rising and that's absolutely done with this world as much as you know, and that, that's a continuum, you're, you're, you're a strange bird and people want to be isolated from you. And they say things that are really stupid. He's so much uh, heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. Uh, which, I, I've never seen that. I've never seen heavily minded people that weren't enormously worthwhile. And they irritated me because I wasn't there, or, you know, the provoking thing of your hard soul. Your soul and my soul is so ugly that unless it sits and, and, and is thankful to be under God, it's no good. Let me read this anyway. I'm sorry to preach. It's almost noon already. Uh, Divine omniscience affords no comfort to the ungodly mind, but to the child of God, it overflows... With consolation, God is always thinking upon us. Yeah, right there, uh, he's forgotten me. He made me ugly. He, you know, I couldn't control this. No, everything that he's doing is help. Doesn't feel like it. Sometimes you get so angry that you say, I don't want to have anything to do with you, God. You hurt me so bad. And then you come to your senses because he's a nurturing father. But he's always thinking upon us, never turns aside his mind from us, has always, has us always before his eyes. And this is precisely. As we would have it, for it would be dreadful to exist for a moment beyond the observation of our Heavenly Father. His thoughts are always tender, loving, wise, prudent, far-reaching, and they bring us to countless benefits. Hence, it is a choice delight to remember them. The Lord always did think upon his people. Hence, their election and the convenience of grace by which their salvation is secured, he always will think upon them. Hence, their final perseverance by which they shall be brought safely to their final rest. In all our wanderings, the watchful glance of the eternal watcher is ever more fixed upon us. We never roam beyond the shepherd's eye. You know, you sometimes see that with a mother or a father and you got some little one running around here and you know, the parents are sitting there listening or doing something else and the kid slips through like an eel and whoosh, he's all over the place. But a good mother and father wanna know where he is. And some of them, you know, they get smart and say, well, they'll wander, but they'll be back. They can't go too far. It's kind of a safe place in here. And uh, I, I love to see the, uh, the little ones run. You know, we can kind of put a silencer on their squealing and that, but the running, when nobody's here, what a deal. But understand this. Please pray. That this will be real to you and not just uh, more information, you know, something to tuck in your Bible and to think on when you're down and out. Because we will make major strides together for the kingdom of God if we can believe of his constancy and his ever prevailing eye on him. He watched me today when I got up and wandered around and was thinking about me in the day, (laughs) you know. And so talk to him about it. Get into this friendship thing that's real. For too long, we've edited and given you so stinking much information that is no good. And no matter what you think you know or how many notes you've taken or how long you've been around, You don't know until the mystery, not in the Bible, you know. Jesus made that clear. (laughs) You search the scriptures, but you won't come to me. You get bibliolaters and all that who will, oh, well, the Bible says this. But they don't know the one who's scripting and taking care of them at that moment in their ridiculous humanity. You don't have the capacity without him. Mm -hmm. You can't be a husband, you can't be a wife. And it, it... shut up Bill, let's get going. Anyway, you know this, you've heard it, God bless you. I just read half of it. Uh, uh, He does conclude it, dear reader, is this precious to you? Then hold it, hold to it, never be led astray by those philosophical fools who preach up an impersonal God and talk of self-existence, self-governing matter. The Lord lives and thinketh upon us. This is a truth far too precious for us to be lightly robbed of it, the notice of of a nobleman is valued so highly that he who has it counts his fortune made. But what is it to be thought of by the King of Cain if the Lord thinks on us all is well and we may rejoice evermore. God help us this day. We don't know how many days we have left or when he's going to turn Babylon upside down. The, the walls of Babylon were, oh, what a place it was. And God didn't like it. It it was, uh, the walls were 87 foot thick. How far is it, Richard? Probably from here to there, do you know? About, about double that then. That's how thick their walls were, you know, to everything else. And they had gates all around that were, Brass, strength, and God's going to absolutely bring it to dust. Everything you see with your eyes that's not Christ is going. Help us, Lord, this day. Father, we thank you for every vessel here that's done business with you. Destroy the business of the soul that would act on its own and not be dependent help us great one to know we can't (laughs) walk on the on the path without your direction we don't even know where it is we don't know what tomorrow brings or even the rest of this day so please be with us and we thank you that you're going to help us believe that your eyes are always on the sparrow we ask these things in jesus name amen let's gather I will...
1: few minutes ago uh, Brother Bill read a scripture in the book of Job uh, chapter I think it's um, 34 verse 4 it says let us choose to ask judgment and then um, somebody else read uh, recently also there in In the song of uh, Moses, it says, He is a rock. His work is perfect. And then it says, For all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. Now those are hard things to read. And in the context of uh, of what we've been hearing lately, and also uh, during the prayer service, and, and we all know I have come to the conclusion, or maybe to to the awareness that he is for us, that uh, he loves us beyond any uh, beyond our understanding. Yet you you read these things, let us choose to our judgment. Is inviting us to to do something that is contrary to what we like. Nobody wants that, uh, and we we think about this in 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 different ways. We go back to uh, Matthew six or seven, where he says, um, "Judge not." That's what he says, right? Judge not, so that also you will not be judged, and. We have quoted that scripture a lot and we like it a lot, or I do, because uh, I don't like to be judged. But we need to see the context of that to understand what is the other scripture saying because it's inviting us to do something, uh, to invite God to come and check us out because the key there is growth. Without that, there's no growth. Yeah. And we, that's what we got to see. That is saying that his ways of judgment, all his ways of judgment, he says that let us choose judgment because that's our salvation in that sense mm-hmm. as far as growth. Yeah. And uh, there's an interesting thing also. I wanted to know the context of what Brother Bill was reading. But in that context, there's a... There in the same book, Job, I think that 30, uh, two cha, uh, 32 chapter, 32nd chapter, verse 9, it says, Great men are not always wise. Neither do the age understand judgment. Another translation says, Getting old does not guarantee good sense.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brother John Henson used to say, "Are you are you just are you growing in Christ or are you just grow, growing old?" Yeah. And so if we want to grow, we need to see what this means. Yeah. Let us choose to our judgment. His ways are judgment. And so I wanted to see the context of what Brother Bill had read, and so we get, got back one chapter, 32nd chapter of, of the same book. After all, all these friends have stopped talking, he said the reason they stopped talking because. He was righteous in his own eyes. So they didn't see any sense of uh, keep talking when he was justifying himself. And then Elihu comes around, and he also says, his wrath kindled against Job because he, that's the reason, he justified himself rather than God. Psalms 139 starts saying that he knows us. He said, uh, you know me, you know what I think, you know when I go, you know when I come, before I say something, you already know it. But then if you go to the end of the chapter, he invites him. Do you remember what he says? Search me, oh God. Check out my ways and see if there's anything there hidden that I don't see because by nature we don't see it the reason we reject judgment especially from our own brethren especially from your spouse is because we think it's an opinion and when is my opinion against your opinion guess which one you're going to choose but that's not the way it works that's not what he's saying here When he says, uh, choose judgment, it's because you have come to the conclusion, to the awareness of who he is. And that because he has your good in his uh, plan, then uh, it's something good. Not, uh, it's painful, of course, but it's it's what we need. (laughs) Only he knows what we need. And I think that's another reason why we shy away from our brother's judgment because we we conclude that he doesn't know what I need. But he does. He does. He knows what we need. And so if we go back there to the same chapter, we'll see what's happening there. So he justifies himself. He he doesn't justify God. He declares himself to be righteous in, in his own sight. And of course, all of us know that we have been declared righteous by God. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Right? Not because of what we do. Not because of what we have done. Not because of what we're going to do. But because he said we're righteous in, in, in him. And so, that was Job's problem. And, and so, he said, uh, he justified himself rather than God. And so, Eli, who started starts talking and he's going to give his uh, his judgment and if we go to the next uh, chapter saying all these things about the Lord and how these things work out and he said uh, he said that the spirit of God made him and uh, some some think that Elihu but the Lord Jesus Christ other people think that it's the Holy Spirit but anyway, he's saying he's going to speak. And he said, uh, verse 8, Surely thou hast spoken in my hearing, and I have heard the voice of that word saying, I am clean without transgression. I'm innocent, neither is any iniquity in me. That was his problem. He, he says, there's no problem with me. Something to think about it in our daily life, in our dealings with our brethren. Perhaps sometimes we adopt that uh, that attitude. To. Before he find occasion against me, he counted me for his enemy. He putteth my feet in the stocks. He marketh all my paths. Behold. And listen to this, this is Elihu's word, he said. Behold in this true, in this thou art not just. I will answer thee. This is the answer. God is greater than man. Why dost thou strive against him? For he giveth not account of any of his matters. That is something difficult also to understand. And you will not understand, I will not understand that unless I know he loves me. Unless I know he has uh, declared lots of things about me. Righteous, has imputed uh, my own sin to me. And so you'll, uh, you'll see that if you don't put it into that perspective, then you don't understand that. What kind of a God is that? And then we all know this. Brother John also used to quote this section quite often. For God speaketh once, yet twice, yet man perceiveth not. But he doesn't give up. And you know this could, could not be just one night. This could be weeks. Yeah. This could be months. This could be years. Have you seen that? How many times God has spoken to you, to me, and he has taken sometimes years for us to listen. And he, what's behind this is that he doesn't give up. He's going to wait. And perhaps when the first time he speaks, Perhaps we're not ready. Perhaps we're still too much into ourselves to see that he's out to do us some good. And so in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep follows unto man, in slumbers upon the bed, then he opened the ears of man and sealed their instruction. And next verse, Brother David has spoken quite a bit about it. That he may be throw men from his purpose and high pride for men. But look, but, but look at, at, at what his goal is. He keepeth back his soul from the pit yeah. Yeah. and his life from perishing by the sword. So yeah. he's out to protect us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's out to save us from ourselves. Right. And then there's some really difficult things that come next in light of what's happening around us, in light of sicknesses around us, in light of things that are like in Sister Kathy's case, Steve, Julian, and others. But this is what he reads. He chastened also with pain upon his bed, and the multitude of his bones with strong pain. So it has to be stu- uh, speaking about sicknesses. Perhaps, maybe not physical, but perhaps yes. So that his life aborts bread and his soul dainty meat. So he's in a very difficult situation. Because sicknesses are not a nice thing. His flesh is consumed away that it cannot be seen. And his bones that were not seen that were not seen stick out. Yeah, his soul draweth not near unto the grave, and his life to the destroyers. But that's not the end of it. If there's if there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one among a thousand, to show unto men his uprightness, then then. I don't know much about about English, but then sounds like a a very nice thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The end to one thing and the beginning of of another one. Mm -hmm. Erasing what I just said to tell you what he's going to do. And said, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. We know that, right? There's a price that have been paid. Yeah. But that, there's a reason he said, deliver him. And so this judgment, that's what he's going to do. But I got to invite him. Right. I got to love that. Yeah. Right. And he's not in me to do so. He said, his flesh shall be fresher than a child's. He shall return to the days of his youth. He shall pray to God and he will be favorable unto him and he shall see his face with joy for he will render unto him and to men his righteousness. And so he says, he looketh upon men and if any say, have sinned and preferred that which was right and it me not, you need to be aware of that, uh, wake up, He will deliver his soul from going into the pit and his life shall see the light. So it's a great promise. All these things worketh God oftentimes with man to bring back his soul from the pit to be enlightened with the light of his living. Mark well. Mark well. Oh, Gabriel, hearken unto me. Hold, I speak and I will speak. And so that's the the context of the next verse in the next chapter where he says, let us choose to a judgment. And so... So let's let's check another thing here. So this is the context of what uh, in the 33... Third verse, uh, chapter. I'm sorry. <coughs> Going into the next chapter, uh, there's a verse there that he says, "Yes, yeah, surely God." Twelfth uh, verse. Surely God will not do wickedly, neither with the Almighty pervert judgment. So once again, we need to have that awareness if we're going to invite him. Uh, as I said, judgment has sometimes uh, not a good connotation, or we, we shy away from it. But there's another aspect to this, in, uh, besides what we read in Matthew. If you go to Corinthians, it also tells us that we are to judge, that we're going to judge angels. Is that what he says? And so there are several aspects of this. and uh, But I want you to read, uh, I want to hear something in the 70, 73, uh, 73 chapter of Psalms, or Psalm 73. But I'm going to read it from another version. Brother Bill has quoted the verse from here also, but... I would like you to see the context of that verse. First verse No one can deny it. God is really good to Israel and to all those with pure hearts. But I, but I nearly miss seeing it for myself. First, he said it's a fact. God is good. God is always thinking of you. The prophecy spoke to us uh, this morning. It's always there. He said, but I almost didn't see it. I almost didn't see it. That's what the psalmist says. Why he didn't see it? Well, you see, the Bible tells us also that the carnal mind, cannot understand these things. It also says it's enmity against God. But I'm so used to use my mind for everything. Including the spiritual things. And so when I with my all mind, with the only one I got before I got the Lord's mind, I judge things. You see, we do judge. Even though we shy away from that term, daily we judge. And we judge our brother. We judge things that are happening. We judge things outside. We judge what's going on in the world. But But you judge according to what you think. And so if you're conservative, you're going to judge one way. If you're liberal, you're going to judge another way. And guess what? Both are wrong. Because the source, it was wrong. That's what's wrong. And so when in 1 Corinthians invites us to judge and says, we are going to judge, it's not talking about that kind of judgment. And I think it's inviting us to do so daily in the new men that we are. And we'll see this in this uh, chapter. So he said, I really miss seeing it for myself. Here's my story. I narrowly miss losing it all. And then he said he was judging wrong. He He said, I saw how the men were living, how they were prospering, how, nothing happened to them. And uh, he said, I saw, you know, and sometimes we might think we're, we don't do that. But uh, when you are not prospering and other people are prospering, regardless of what you think is prosper, he said, I saw that and I thought there's something wrong here. Not only that, while he's judging that, l- listen to the conclusion he comes first. Have I been, uh, 13th verse, have I been foolish to play by the rules and keep my life pure? Anybody ever thought that? Am I being a fool living this way? You've done better than other people, but some of our brethren in other places because they were always at the farm and did not pay taxes and all of that when they came to 65 years old, they didn't have a pension, they didn't have Medicare, they didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this thinking came out to their minds. Have I been a fool Mm -hmm. living this way? How about if you have brothers or sisters or, are, are doctors or, or they have a, a house, a, a summer house that is bigger than their, than their own house? Can this kind of thinking come to your mind? What am I doing here? Wasting my youth. Now, if you're still young, you can still recover it, but some of us can't. (laughs) We gave everything we had. Give all our strength, our time to something we believe in. Mm -hmm. And so he says, what happened to me? Have I been foolish to play by the rules and keep my life pure? I mean, what's, what's the fruit of that? In Mexico, I'm sure not here. The Pentecostals have long dresses. Ladies have long hair, and they didn't go to the movies. They didn't go here. They didn't go. We, we went through some of that too, but Pentecostals did that, and the and the people make fun of them. Well, the Christians also because they say have long long skirts long hair, and long tongues. <laughs> you know, that's not a good testimony. That's
2: funny.
1: And so we we stopped doing all of those things and was the fruit of that. So that's his first conclusion. Here I am suffering under your discipline day after day. I feel like I'm being punished all day long. <laughs> <laughs> if I had given in to my pain and spoken what I was really feeling, 15 verse, I would. It would have sounded like unfaithfulness to the next generation. Yeah. You know, the next generation, here you, here is you. Yeah. You were complaining. Sure. You were not happy with the with the way we have chosen to go. And I'm not speaking about just living in community, but uh, the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And not not participating in the things that I know I ha- I don't have to. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. So they hear and they know, you don't mean business. They know you don't, I don't mean business. But listen to the next verse. This is, you're trying to understand What's going on with your own mind? He said, Then, when I tried to understand it all, I just couldn't. Some of these things just don't make any sense. Now, I think it was Brother... Who was it? Brother Bill, maybe, again? Read that verse. When uh, Moses... He's telling him, uh, he's not going to go. He doesn't have anything. He can't go. He can't talk. And he said, wait a minute. Who made the dumb? Yeah. <clears throat> Who made the blind? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, I did. Yeah. When I read that, I thought, I read I read that passage how many times? And I never saw that. Yeah. He said, now, try to understand that with your own mind. Yeah. Does it make any sense? Yeah. What will he make a blind person? Yeah. What will he make a dumb person? What will he make a what? He says there a, a lame, a lame. Mm-hmm. About four things. What will he do such a thing? Well, once again, with our minds, it won't make any sense, and the things we go through what would he take by the Tony cup? Yeah. doesn't make any sense to I me. Mean, yeah. I just couldn't. It was too puzzling, too much of a riddle to me. It just doesn't make any sense. But listen to the next verse and the way this uh, describes that. But then, one day, I was brought into the sanctuary of God And in the light of glory, my distorted perspective vanished. Mm -hmm. So what he's saying is, don't stay in the old man. The old man has been judged, has been condemned, and we are not that man. And so as long as we stay in that man, then everything will be judged according to that old man. And I... Is my experience that many times I don't even see it. I don't see that I'm judging in that man. How many meetings? Not just elders meetings but meetings to solve something we don't get anywhere because either somebody or everybody is in the old man. You might not even notice it because you are using your own mind To try to solve something that can only be solved in the spiritual man. In that man that is going to judge angels. In that man that is called to judge, but not out of himself. is called to allow the Christ in us to do that. I was once in a meeting a long time ago. And this name came up or the eldership. Well, to start with, when I got to the farm in, Mex- in uh, Mississippi, was way back in 74, and I was just a young, young fellow, but I had already been called into the ministry. But when I got there, I couldn't speak any English, plus I didn't have any interest in anybody knowing that I have been called and sent into the ministry. <laughs> and, and also because I look younger than my age, had lots of fun there, <laughs> until one time Brother Frank Lopez came, and it just happened that he's the one that had laid hands on me back in Mexico City. And so he went and saw Brother John Hanson, and pretty soon I was called That's another thing why we don't like the word judgment, because we associate it with being called into an elders meeting, or being corrected by somebody. And we judge that not to be a pleasure. And so he said, uh, after a long talk, he says, do you want to be a friend to these people, or do you want to be a father? Well, when you're only 20-some years old, I would like to be a friend. <laughs> who wants to be a father? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you want to do that, there's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of things are require of you that for a 20-some years old, it's just it's not attractive. But you know, once again, God knows. God knew I didn't want that. God knew why I didn't tell anybody. It wasn't just the language. I just thought, I'm not going to. He knew. And so he said when he came into, into that uh, light, into that, into that century, then he realized his idea was wrong. His perspective was wrong, so he he keeps talking there, and he's describing the process, and that's where this verse comes about. He so when I saw all of this, now he's remembering all the things he see he sees, and he judges as being bad, uh, but not only that, he judges that he's missing out, and he said. Uh, when I saw all of this, what turmoil filled my heart, piercing my opinions with your truth. I was so stupid. I was senseless and ignorant, acting like a brute beast before you, Lord. Yet, another beautiful word, yet. Now, don't tell me you haven't done that before. Have you been a, well, it's something difficult to accept, to I've been a brute beast. But we have. Sometimes we speak harsh words to each other. How about to your spouse? To your best friend? Like a brute beast before you, Lord. Yet, yet, in spite of all this, I still belong to you. I still belong to you. You hold me by my right hand. Mm -hmm. Can you believe that? When you're behaving like a brute beast, he's holding your hand. (laughs) One of the things they... talk about Jesus is that he'll go against the rules of uh, how would you say that of uh, you, you were not supposed to touch a leper mm-hmm. yeah. you were not supposed to do this he was not supposed to, to be talking to that woman there the at the well, at the well. Mm-hmm. all kind of things yeah. and he will do it and so by doing so, he was supposed to be defiled, yeah. Yeah. contaminated. But it wasn't the case. It wasn't the case. He couldn't be. He couldn't be contaminated. That, that should be a lesson for us too also. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Of, I, I'm not saying go to the world, but be not afraid. They're not going to. If they can convince you of anything there, there was something wrong with you. If there's an attraction there, it's because there's something in you, not because of that. Right. So he said, uh, I, he didn't care. I was acting like a brute beast. He 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 said, you hold me by my right hand. Verse twenty-six, Lord. So many times I fall, I fall into disgrace, but once again, when I trust in you, I have a strong and glorious presence protecting and anointing me forever you, all, you are all I need. Then finally, he says at the end of the chapter, but I'll keep coming closer and closer to you, Lord, for your name is good to me. I'll keep telling the world of your great works, my faithful and glorious God. So he found out that God's judgments were good. That he needed them. And we need them, and we're going to grow. Brother Wayne Gentry at one time said that perfection was not an event, but a process. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, our behavior. And sometimes we see older brethren that have been with us for 40 years and we can be in that group that Paul was talking about, 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 3 or or 6. He says, uh, I wanted to treat you as adults, but I couldn't. That's my own translation. I wanted to see see you as mature, but I couldn't because you were still babes. That was quite an indictment. So I'm sure some of them were 30, 40, 50 year old maybe, and he's calling them children. And you remember why he said that? Remember the reasons? He said, There's strife among you. Mm-hmm. There's contention. What else did I say? Several? Envy. Envy. Strife, contention. He calls them children because of that. When I read that scripture, I, I like to hide under the table.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you see, the context is that he's there for me, he sees me. Uh, brother John also used to say I see you perfect he sees me perfect even though I'm not I think uh, what's his name Fabian read the scripture Wednesday he sees us complete even though we're not but when you are a father you have a little child I'm sure that uh, Evan doesn't see look as look, Lucas but as what will he be? Even though we don't know, but God does know what we we are and what we're going to be. And he sees us in that final stage. And so, we need to see judgment in a different light and invite that. It's risky, especially if it's coming from our own brother, could God not use brothers to help us out. They're not always negative. Of course there's a difference when it's coming from somebody you know it loves you. It was never difficult for me to listen to Brother John Henson or to Brother Jim Fant. so I knew they loved me. I knew they didn't mean to hurt me. I knew they really wanted me to grow. I, I knew they really cared about me and about me leaving behind those things that they knew they were wrong and come up. They're both gone. But I appreciate that. And I think that if if you are sure of that, not just of God, but about your own brethren or your own elders, then you will listen. On the other hand... We elders have made mistakes and gave a lot of wrong counsel in past times. Now maybe in present times I don't know because ministers men still. but somehow God wants this thing to work out using faulty men, using men that are not there yet but as he says, them as there. And it's going to work out. Because he can do it. You and I cannot do it. But he can do it. He has brought us this far. I don't think he's going to leave us here. Thank you, Lord.
3: As you were speaking about choosing judgment, and a person that's in this room I don't want to embarrass the person but a person that's in this room just glares like a, a light coming on and off on and off this person and th- for those of you who remember Chris as a boy would come to his parents and say what he had done wrong and say I need a spanking. I remember, what kind of child is this? And I never talked to, to you guys, but I had this feeling that the punishment he got was not nearly as strong as it would have been if he hadn't come and confessed and said, I need to be spanked. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> All I could think about was as I was as he was speaking, was that's the way our father, heavenly father is when we come to him and we confess instead of having to be dragged. <clears throat> into the Sanhedrin eldership or whatever. But thank you for being that example. I don't know what it's like with your own kids, but boy. (laughs) That was something that I have never gotten over. And thank you, Chris, for being an example. (laughs) Brother Bill just asked me to close. Is there anything anybody needs to communicate before I do? Help. Help. (laughs) We're all delighted to have Jonathan here.
2: Thank you, Jonathan. Lord,
3: Lord, we all come before you as those children that have been as beasts before you, and thank you, Lord, for holding us by our right hand. Thank you. As we go today in your presence and in your love, And in your reaching out to each other, help us, Lord. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen.